Hey, Jason Rice here with Lot from Lot Pop doing a Lot Party episode. And again, what we're trying to do is stir up your virtual lot and uh, stir up that virtual world. Because on a Lot Party on your physical lot, you get all the crew out there to turn the inventory around on the lot to stir things up to get some customers in the door. We're going to do this on your virtual world. So on this episode, we're going to talk about F and I. You know, I've had some unique experiences running internet departments uh, back in early 2000, 2001. Well, actually, we started about 98, but around 2000, we're built up enough to try to make, maybe get our own F&I manager for our own uh, internet department, but that didn't work out. And uh, that was one of my challenges back in the day. And then just recently, I leased a car for my wife and uh, went to this Honda store. It was just six months ago. Walked in the F&I department. There was no F&I manager. There's two screens there. And basically, he's from St. Louis. And all the printers, the camera was there, the paperwork. He had me sign everything. On the second, he was on one screen. The second screen did a breakdown trying to upsell me things. And um, it was just a unique experience. And nothing like I've experienced before. And to me, I, I you know, I, I want to get into that dealership and interview them to see if um, that uh, that process is for every customer, or if maybe it was overflow um, and they go in there, or cash customers maybe they go in there. Something that maybe it's a because my lease was only three years, twelve thousand miles. Maybe it was just not a big lease uh, or to get a lot of warranty, so maybe he got stuck doing it. But they outsourced basically F and I, and it was virtual. The guy wasn't there with me. And here's a picture of it. Matter of fact. So it was a really strange experience. But today, I've got um, Jim DeLuca here. He's actually from Digital Road to Sale. He's actually working with dealerships and, and taking in the processes of and, and, and researching and digging into this whole uh, transition that the auto industry is going through um, of you know people being able to buy online and doing the whole transition. But before I talk anymore, Jim, go ahead. Uh, how are we doing today? Give us a little bit of your background, how you got from where you're at, uh, where you started and where you're at right now. I'm awesome, Jason. Thank you very much for having me. I've been in the automotive space for well over 22 years. I started with boots on the ground, like most of us, uh, selling cars. Moved on into F&I, became a uh, floor closer at an automotive profit builder store. And for the last uh, 18 years, I've been doing training and consulting at dealers all across North America. Awesome. So now, uh, what does what your training entail? Do you go through F&I, sales, service? What all do your service? I, I work with all three departments in an effort to modernize and provide a more customer-centric type of process. At the core of our process is video, and um, the conversation that you opened with is one of our platforms actually called, it's called um, Omnichannel F&I, where we can train F&I managers to be equally effective across all methods of communication. Mm -hmm. If F&I in its current incarnation is going to survive, it's going to have to go in the Omnichannel. And I, what I mean by that quite simply is, F&I managers are going to have to be equally effective in person, on the phone, via video conferencing like we're, like we're doing right now yeah. in order to survive as more of the transaction moves online. Yeah, and that's where again I walked into this uh, Honda dealership, and I'm in Olathe, Kansas. I'm not in some big metropolitan market or anything, and uh, mm -hmm. I was kind of shocked that this kind of dealership is that proactive. I think these company was in St. Louis, Missouri, and again, uh, they told me he wasn't a commission-based finance manager, um, and so you know that, and, and then having that person seem like from the outside again as a consumer might seem like you know they're not out to here's the dealer trying to get more money out of me it was somebody else trying to help me you know package my car better or something with you know a warranty and so forth so it was a unique experience like that but um you know the other thing i always struggled with if you know if i could do things over at the store again on the store level would be having my internet people 
the F&I people too, be able to handle the customer from front and the back, because that was my biggest struggle. Again, this is early 2001, 2002. We'd be working deals and pretty much done deals, except for the customer saying, well, hey, what kind of rate can you get me because I can get this rate at my bank? And I, we tried to talk to the F&I people and they didn't want to give up the, that information. They didn't want to give up the uh, uh, interest rates and payments because they wanted to sell, have time to be able to sell products and stuff, and that made sense. But I think, you know, you killed two birds with one stone. Be able to retain good selling people, people with uh, good salespeople, good F&I, be able to do both because then the, the profit uh, for that for that person or that, that income is pretty good. Tell me a little bit about that or what's your thoughts on having maybe just one person from beginning to end. Well, I agree 100%, regardless of whether it's an online transaction or a in-dealership transaction. Um, having one person compete the entire process um, solves a lot of fundamental problems that dealers and consumers are experiencing today. Uh, number one, it would eliminate the turnover in staff. If we redistribute the wealth from the F&I department to the sales floor, we're going to be able to attract, hire, and maintain much better qualified people. Yeah. And um, that'll eliminate one of the struggles that dealers are having. From a consumer perspective, uh, two of the biggest complaints are the amount of time it takes. And um, the most recent statistic that I've read said that 44% of people don't even want to negotiate. They just want to go in and pay one price. Yeah. So having a one price, one person scenario provides a better consumer experience. It's not fragmented. It saves a lot of time. And what I mean by fragmented is the whole process of going back and forth between a sales manager and a customer is fragmented. Every time the sales consultant leaves the customer's side, that consumer is wasting time. The second time loss is when they're waiting to get into the F&I department. That could be anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Then there's an information overlap where the, where the F&I manager tries to extract all the same information that they, they gave the salesperson. Mm-hmm. So there's redundancy, it's fragmented, it takes yeah. too long, it's an uncomfortable experience. And the hybrid one person, one price scenario addresses all of those concerns, provides an equal amount, if not more profit for the dealer and a better consumer experience. And I'm encouraging dealers to look at these types of platforms simply because there's new upstart digital disruptor type competitors like Carvana Mm -hmm. that are introducing these simple processes to the market and they're gaining huge market share. Right now, the number one used car retailer in Atlanta is the Carvana operation. They're doing 500 cars a month and they've only been there for four years. Could you imagine that type of growth from zero to 500 in four years? I thought about that is right now, you know, dealerships could kind of do the same thing as as a, as a franchise dealer been there for 50 years you know you go you know what's this carvana how can i compete you know that's just too futuristic i don't think customers want to buy cars that way or what have you but i think dealers have a way to tiptoe into this you know it really doesn't take um the dealership can have the same kind of experience in a way if they offer a return policy like a three or seven day return policy like they do. They could do online uh, paperwork if you, there's software out there that the dealers could do for that. They could do things like trade and marketplace uh, to get values of trade-ins. Uh, even if they wanted to buy some kind of uh, transporter or, or to take the cars and deliver it to the customers with some cool logos on it, dealers can kind of do what Carvana's doing. If it's working for the them and the customers are going down this road, you don't want to go out of business. You're going to have to either, I always say, step up or step out. And if you either got to, you got to step up and, and do what they're doing and or stand out and do what no one else is doing. And so these guys are standing out and you're going to have to step up and do those things if they start chipping away at your market share. And it's not that hard to do it. Yeah, you're going to have to change some processes and stuff, but I think dealers can accomplish it. 
Um, what do you think on that? I mean, is dealers, uh, it, I don't think it's a threat that dealers are going to lose that because of stuff like that. They can do it themselves too. Oh, I couldn't agree more. The technology is readily available. It's relatively simple. Um, it's what the consumer wants, and you're right. They have to step up to the plate. Um, there's so much conversation about digital disruption, and that's when the pace of technology moves quicker than our ability to respond to it. Mm-hmm. And these Carvanas and BPs, and now even some of the OEMs are pushing for a one-price, one-person scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lexus had a very successful trial on 11 dealerships across the United States, and in December they're initiating phase two. Volvo is engaging in a similar type of one-person, one-price, buy-online type scenario. So it's coming, and dealers really have two choices. You can either evolve and disrupt your competitors, or wait to a Carvana or a BB or a Sonic Automotive opens a, a one-price store next to you and be disrupted and have to respond. Yeah. And I think being responsive in a scenario like this is going to be much more difficult than being proactive. I recently had a conversation with a, a very successful dealer, big Ford store, and I asked him, what's preventing him from taking his sales platform online? And he said, well, his community isn't ready for it. And I said, well, if you were to guess what percentage of your community you think would buy online? He goes, well, 10 to 15%. And I said, how would you like to increase your market share by 10 or 15%? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. got it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go after <laughs> because that. Because we're, we're, we're refusing to do something that, that there's a proven market for mm-hmm. simply because we want to rest on our laurels or the traditions of our dealership. By simply yeah. offering a platform like that, you're going to gain market share and get wonderful CSI mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and grow. Yeah. Well, I'll be turning 43 here in a couple months in November, and, you know, I haven't, you know, computers were, you know, new through high school and stuff for me, and, uh, you know, but I, I, I'm used to buying stuff online now. You know, I just bought a $300 liquid uh, fertilizer spreader for my, and they delivered to my front door, you know, so, and I bought, now I'm different because I bought a lot of my cars and have them deliver, you know, I, ha- I deal with dealers, so I get, they bought it and delivered it to me, so I have no problem. I don't feel like I had to go to the dealership and do that kind of stuff. But I can see these new generations, as they grew up with computers and grew up with buying stuff online, buying a car online probably isn't going to be that big a deal for them, and other than test drives and stuff. So I, th- I still think the test drives are comparing to Ford to Silverado. You're gonna, dealers are going to have to be out there. I'm not saying dealers are going to be eliminated. It's just you got to give them that option and have that what would you call it a hybrid to have them be able to do at least both come if they want to come in and do the experience come in to do the experience they want to go and think about it they can go and think about it and then buy it online once they made the decision right um that's kind of absolutely because what's going to happen what i fear is going to happen jason is um there, there's a phenomenon called showrooming and there's really uh, two definitions of that but one definition is where you go out and um, check something out at a retail operation and then you go and buy it online to get a better price so a lot of these showrooms in the future are going to simply be the uh, test, the, the proving ground or the test driving center. Uh, and then once I make the decision on the vehicle, I just simply order it online and have it delivered yeah. to my house and not have to go through that yeah. traditional process. Yeah. And that, that's happening as we speak. I mean, we see people showrooming in car dealerships right now where they're checking the information, they're chatting with other sales consultants. Yeah. Right, when they're si- right when they're standing on your showroom floor or sitting down in your sales consultant's office, there's yeah. nothing that we can do to prevent change. There's nothing that we can do to change consumer behavior. The only thing that we can do is migrate with the times 
and give the people what they want. And ultimately, it's going to be more profitable for the dealer. Yeah, yeah. And I see these. I deal with some small town dealers, and they're very competitive, and they're getting people to drive two or three hours away to get their cars. But I mean, if people have that option to just to buy it and get it shipped or delivered or something like that, I mean, I don't think it's that far off. You look at things like Amazon. Again, they're continually to blow up. And I'm thinking, man, if I ever get into business, another business, it might be the the delivery business, like a UPS and stuff. And because this that it's just going to blow up because um, you know, that's where the growth is going to be over time here, and I think people are going to be used to and comfortable with that. Um, do you think if um, if a dealer was to want to tiptoe into this, what's the best place for them to start? To get, hey, let's try an online appraisal tool, get used to handling customers that way, or let's get a buy it online, fill out the paperwork tool, or you know, or just change the internal part. What, what's the best step for a dealer to lean into this right now? I think I, I would suggest going with a buy online platform and implementing the technology to do so because uh, just the the publicity that they would get and whether it's self-publicity through social media or conventional advertising or the media just taking an interest in it is going to be very valuable for them and it's going to open up a market that was previously closed to their community because unless they have a buy online type of Carvana um, solution in the area they're going to be the first person and they're going to capture that market share bring some, and build some brand loyalty, bring people in the door that were never there before. And it's really relatively simple. Yeah. All right. Well, we only have a couple minutes left here. Let's wrap it up with some contact information. Again, you're with Digital Road to the Sale, but how can people, is there a website, email address, Twitter, whatever? How can people get a hold of you? I, I can be reached at digitalroadtoasale.com. Okay. My email is jim at digitalroadtoasale.com. And if you want to text me, it's 905-865-8734, and I'm all over social media. Yeah. And you know what? That's funny. You know, I was just thinking, you know, this isn't futuristic talk. This is stuff that's happening right now. Like you said, there's people disrupting the market in some dealer's back door. And um, I don't. it's like the Internet. Again, I started doing Internet in 97 or 98, and they're like, ah, it's a fad. But eventually they realize it's not going away. And eventually, I mean, it's funny. We're still talking about things that we talked about 15 years ago but and processes. But this isn't going away. And I think, like you said, the sooner the dealer gets in, it's better to be proactive than reactive on something like this. Because a strong F&I department leads to a strong dealership because you got more flexibility to be more competitive on pricing. Absolutely. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. And uh, anybody, uh, stay tuned. Auto Dealer Live's next. Check out this episode.